all the heavy on the facilities and tackle some heavy stuff. Y'all should be proud. The only problem is say we can't Church, after we're in the church, we should have some of the best things about there with no reason. So I thank God that you all are with me. I'm happy to have you for the best of see all this day. Um, for those that are joining us now on Facebook, we have been in prayer, and uh, we thank God for all those that uh, continue to be faithful um, to prayer. We believe in the power of prayer, and uh, we think that's fitting always. The prayer is always in order. The prayer is always in order. So we thank God for those that are faithful to us. Um, today, we did, if you will, an introduction to the to the book of the book of Romans. Um, can anybody? And, and you should have the outline from last week as well. Can anyone um, kind of just give me one or two nuggets from last week? We wrestled with what? The first, the first chapter up until about what the seventeenth verse or so. Yeah. Do uh, 18? 17. We'll start with 18 today. Yes, sir. Uh, what were some of the, the things that we that we uh, were left with, if you will? Who is Paul writing to? Um, so, yeah, those Christians in Rome. Is it a single church? Um, you don't have a single church in there, per se. You've got more church houses. When you talk about those in Rome, there is no single church, there is no bishop, if you will, in Rome. A lot of church houses. Uh, really, when you kind of look at it, that gives the opportunity uh, for the word to almost um, spread in a quicker fashion. Um, because uh, what they're going to find in Rome uh, at big time, I think there's at least, uh, you look at Josephus, who is a historian in that period, I think he documents at least two. Uh, two periods where there's riots in the world. And um, the people, not just the Jewish, but the Christian community is harassed in the world from the, by the government. And so if you had a single church that they could tackle, then uh, you know, that could hurt them even more. So the fact that you have a number of church houses in the area, and there's no single church, there's no single bishop, if you will, um, is actually a work to the advantage of those in Rome. Uh, was Rome a small city? Okay. Yeah, in the empire, right? The Roman Empire. I mean, in fact, uh, they calculated what almost a million at the time that this letter was penned to them. Um, many of the folks were what? Was it aristocracy? Most of them were going to be slaves, right? Yeah, most were going to be slaves in that in that uh, in that period right there. And so even some of the language that Paul uses. Um, he's going to speak to that. He opens up the letter by saying, What? A bond servant. A slave. And uh, so, again, those uh, individuals that are hearing this, this is, going to, this is going to speak to them. If they're not enslaved themselves, and they were probably both descendants of slavery, or, um, you know, with it being that many um, in that city, then it would have been a situation that would be well accustomed to. All right? And so, we, we, we've got this introduction. Um, uh, Paul Paul does a couple of things, uh, but one of the things that he does in the first chapter is he reminds them. See, Paul's never been there before, right? And he reminds them that uh, even though he's not been there, he still has a love for the still has a love for the Christians there. And we kind of walk through that. And he I mean, he literally talks about how he's praying for them, how he loves them, and he's looking forward to the opportunity uh, to to minister to them in person. All right. Who, who uh, brought the letter? Remember that? It's Phoebe, right? Wasn't that Phoebe? So just some, some points. And we ended it uh, with what? One of the more famous 
what is that, 17? Let's start with 16, right? For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greeks. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. So again, what I told you last week was that Romans, and even um, even in, in Sundays we're, we're preaching that series as well. But what Romans is is a systematic approach, all right? And really, what Paul is doing uh, is he's almost a lawyer, if you will, in a sense, in bringing bringing the case before the court, all right? So keep that in mind. Okay? All right, let's um, let's go ahead and dive in. About 10 hours. So let's go ahead and dive in. That's, that's a good recap right there. Uh, the second week, and again, um, uh, the format that we're using, we're pulling from Warren uh, Wiersbe's. Warren Wiersbe, I think that's how you say his last name. We write uh, along this series. Um, and so today we're going to tackle uh, Romans 1 18 through the third chapter, 20th verse. Alright? Last week we kind of looked at the introduction. This week we're going to view the seat. Alright? Okay, alright. I tell you what, um, do this. I, I think I think it's good to kind of open up with this. Somebody read one and eighteen real quick. Thank you, sir. All right, so let's keep in mind. Um, one thing that Paul fleshed out in the in the first part of this was what the righteousness of God. All right, and we talked about that. Um, the whole theme of the book, if you will, is how as um, unrighteous people how to become before a perfect God. That's the whole theme of the book. Paul uses all this to, to kind of unfold that. But before he does that, he gives the introduction, but before he unfolds that, he has to show you where you're at. He has to show me where I'm at. And that's really the pattern of the Bible. It shows, and I'll put it right there, first the law of the condemnation, then the grace of the salvation. All right? Really, when you, if you look at this, if you've not read it, please go back and read it. Um, but when you read this, it's all over three. I mean, I'm going to skip this and but I'll just head on over to, to uh, Gospel of John or something. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is rough. But he's doing this for a reason. In fact, like I said, it's almost like a courtroom where you're literally showing what the charge is on. Alright? So Romans 1.18 leads us into God's courtroom. Again, the theme is the righteousness of God. And when we talk about the righteousness of God, what is that? It's that perfect standard, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. It's that perfect, it's that perfect standard. He is the perfect standard. He is that perfect standard. All right. So Paul, Paul must start with the unrighteousness of humankind. Until we know we are sinners, we cannot appreciate salvation as it offers. Alright? So again, this is what this is what Paul is saying. Paul is saying, okay, um, before I get to quote uh, unquote the good stuff, I need to show folks. Why the good stuff is necessary. Mm -hmm. Alright, that's the problem with, with many of us is we don't, and I'm not necessarily talking about him, I'm talking about the general. We don't appreciate capitalism. Mm -hmm. Because we don't appreciate what Calvary has done for us. It's not necessarily, when we want to read this, it's not necessarily that we don't um, have an understanding, because we understand what we want to. Mm -hmm. And he's even going to talk about <coughs> our hearts. church, 
and then they'll sit in front of the, the television and play video games for 10 hours. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love sports, but we'll sit and watch them. I'm going to watch the UK football game, Lord willing, uh, Sunday, what, 7 o'clock? That game's not going to end until 11. I won't get jittery or anything. <laughs> we come to church and we get jittery, go to, go to the restroom about 15 times. I might have anybody that many. Our kids, they can't be here for 30 minutes. So I'm watching them put them in codes in the game and everything. They'll sit in front of them. If I don't prompt them, they'll sit in front of that, that thing and play PS4 for about, about 12, 12, 15 hours. So we understand what we want to understand. We grasp what we want to grasp. Okay? So 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 Paul Paul is saying right here, um, we've got to understand the unrighteousness of humankind. And that's really what we've been reading this. You have to understand that a lot of what he's talking about is really um, humankind per se. So you might look at that and say, well, he's not, he's not talking about me. Chances are he probably is. But he also needs time to talk about human, humankind and human nature. Alright? So the first thing uh, that he that he's going to do is he is going to show, and he does it in, in fantastic fashion, he's going to show that all are sinners. Alright? And he's going to he's going to deal with specific groups. But nobody will be able to say, you know what, that group, I'm, I'm sure glad he's getting in. No, he's <laughs> going to deal with everybody. In fact, we talked a little bit about it last week, I believe, but um, and I know we talked about it on Sunday, but that list, that list that's put in what? First chapter? Mm -hmm. 16, what is that? No, no, no. Mm -hmm. Where's the list of folks? Yeah, it was 26. Yeah, 24. Therefore, God also made them up not clean. In the lust of their hearts and dishonor the bodies, their bodies among themselves and the the truth of God were alive. And worship and serve the creature rather, rather than the creature. For this reason, yet God gave them up to mal passions. Uh, for even the women exchanged the natural because of what is against nature. 27. Likewise, also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burn in their lust for one another. Men with men committing what is shameful and deceiving in themselves until we come to error, which was due. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind. Mm -hmm. Right when we read that, again, we talked about that Sunday. A lot of us are sharing. We said, get them. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's, that's, those are sins right there that I'm, that I'm talking about. And, and Paul is going to show that those are sins. He's going to also show that all of us have sinned. Right? And so the first group, the first group that he's going to, to deal with is the Gentile world. Alright? And that's going to be the first chapter. And that's verses 18 through 32. Alright? 18 through 32. The picture painted is a rough one. I've already, I've already told you that. And it's really what you've got is you've got me avoiding the truth. And the fact that I avoid the truth does not change the truth. And, I, and it's sad that it's really where we're at in our society. Um, we really are teaching our young people that they can create their own truth. And that's sad. That is sad. Um, and so now we, we don't have a, a truth. Everybody can kind of walk in their, in their own truth. And you let them have their own truth. Look, and, and I'm not after any agenda. Um, but when you, when you are, we are literally at a point on some university campuses now where um, it's, a, it's a ridiculous number of, of uh, gender identifications. We're mm -hmm. going to just female males. We've got, I mean, just all kinds out there. Um, we're in a situation now where, uh, and, and again, I'm not after anybody. I think the church needs to love folks. Um, but when you, Many like on college campuses now, you can't even say Mr. or Mrs. on mm -hmm. some campuses. You have to, you know, you have to ask uh, up front what would you like to be recognized as. And, and so again, I'm, I'm not after I'm not after anybody. Um, when we talk about um, even bathroom situations, you know, even uh, you know young kids that are wrestling with issues, and I think it's. We're in a falling world, so I think we have real issues. I'm not, I'm not saying that. But when you have kids that should be playing and 
there and they're talking about you know gender change at six or seven years old. Something 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 scary. So so we got a situation right here. When you look at I'll take a little bit that back. When you look at um, the books and, and, and studies and all that, they taught evolution. They taught that man actually gets better as we move forward. Really, really, when you look at it from a biblical standpoint, man has actually gone backwards. Mm-hmm. You want to kind of break that down, but man has actually gone backwards for a second. Uh, and, and actually be better as we go forward. So go ahead uh, with that. Thank you. So all are sinners. So we're doing it right now. Um, again, Paul is, is bringing the case against um, the Gentile world, right? And you go kind of break it up. Right now, he's dealing with the Gentile world. See the four stages that, are, that mark humankind's tragic uh, devolution. This is 18 through 32. That first mark is going to be intelligence. Mm-hmm. All right? Human history began with people knowing God. It began with people knowing God. People began knowing God, but they turned from the truth. God revealed himself to humankind through creation. Alright? These facts about God are not hidden. They are clearly seen. So let's kind of let's kind of break this down real quick because that, that can kind of be a little tricky. So the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because what may be known of God is manifested in for God has shown it to them. Mm-hmm. All right? So even, um, and, and, and I've really been kind of studying this book because it's very, it's very interesting. There's a theory, or there's an argument out there, how can Christianity, um, how can even the, the story of, of Christ, how can that lead to someone who's never heard this? So what do I do with that, that tribe that has never been Introduced, if you will, um, the Christianity that we know. This scripture talks about that even in the midst of creation, we see the work of God. You can still see the hand of God in creation. Even when you go out and look at, look, I understand that some people struggle, but when you look up and you see that sun, and you're not watching, you know, and you're sitting there like, why did they put this morning on there like this? Shouldn't that fall down? Or the moon? When you look at, when you go out there and you see those mountains, Eastern East Kentucky, and, and even driving in some of these areas, some of these beautiful farms in the state, you kind of say, you know what, there's something, there's something outside of me mm-hmm. that create this. Create space. It's created with stars. Themselves, they were not necessarily maybe exposed to the law. We don't talk about the law. They still have this imprint. We're all made in the image of God, right? Mm-hmm. They, still have that imprint. they still have the ability to look out and say, No, one there's something like that. There's something very good. And what we could have created on our own, right? So Romans 1 18 showed men knew the truth about God, but did not allow the truth to work. In their lives. So this is why this is how God can bring wrath on the unrighteousness. On those that are unrighteous. Alright? Again, even for those that may not be exposed to what we're exposed to in a sense, they still have the ability to look out. And they won't be look, they won't be graded, if you will, on on um, on what we can. God's gonna grade if you will. He's gonna bring judgment. He's going to bring judgment on what has been revealed. Make sense? Mm-hmm. And that's again, we talked about the Jews last week, but that's why the Jews, um, when it comes down to it, in, in, in judgment, they don't have any excuse. Because not only do they have creation, they also have the law. Mm-hmm. The law was given to them. Right? Same thing with us. It's all said, we're not going to have any excuse. We're not going to have any excuse. 
So uh, we do. We see the intelligence right here. We see that we started out knowing God. Uh, even when you talk about uh, even in Genesis, and you you kind of talk, you see the movement of man. Man got worse in Genesis, right? I mean, uh, we know Adam and Eve weren't perfect, uh, but before it was all said and done, we start seeing murder come through. You know, it took about three, four chapters, and you're like, man, man, messed up real quick. <laughs> the point that what? God has to bring judgment through that world. So you see the, you see that downward spiral real quick. Even take a look at our own lives. When we've not been as close um, to God than we, than we needed to be. We can see our own lives. When we, we started moving away from where we needed to be, some of us, it, it didn't take a whole lot for us to get real nasty. Now, so I look, I've had some points in my life like, I can't even believe I did that. Hmm. God's consciousness uh, that He puts on you, it, it said that, you know what, that's, that's not right. This is too far. In order for you to do that to somebody or talk like that, you're not what you need to do. So even in your own life, you see that you're not, not walking like you should. So suppress to live our own lives. Let's look at the, again, 19. Because what may be known of God is manifested in, but God has shown it to him. But since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. 21. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became a futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were dark. Alright? So people um, did not want to honor God. Simply did not want to honor God. They suppressed. They literally suppressed the God that was in their in their lives. Alright? They were willing to use God's gift, but not willing to worship and praise God for his gift. This resulted in an empty mind and a darkened heart. Now listen to this. Man, the worshiper, became man, the philosopher. Mm. <coughs> Professing to be wise, 22, they became fools. And changing the glory of incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man, and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. But some of the more, more intelligent folks that we've ever had in human kind really thought themselves out of here. You can even see it now. We've got some folks, some close friends uh, of mine, some good friends of mine, and I'll sit there and listen to them talk, and I'll say to myself, you really just thought to yourself. Mm -hmm. That's what he's saying right here. He's saying that we got to the point where instead of being a worshiper, he became a philosopher. Look, and we're, we're going to talk about it. Man is made to worship. Right. So you're going to worship something. Yes. You and I are made to worship. So if we don't worship God, then we're going to have to come up with a little God or some little God. Mm -hmm. That's the way it goes. Alright, so we're made to worship, we have to worship something. Alright? So you got the intelligence, alright, and then we go with the ignorance, alright? Resulted in the empty mind and dark heart. The times of ignorance in 1730. Holding down God's truth and refusing to acknowledge God's glory. And so we're going to be left. No, God. Well, I'm somebody flip to 1 Corinthians 18 through 31. I don't want to read all of that, but I want you to get a little piece of that. 1 Corinthians 18 through 31. And then that, uh, I reference Acts 17 through 30, you can take a look at, look at that. When we talk about God's forbearance, um, what is that? Look, who wrestles uh, the school loan? You know what forbearance is if you got school loan? <laughs> What's that mean? Huh? It gives you a little grace period, right? Some of us have been saying, go ahead, give us a grace period the whole time. When we talk about forbearance, we talk about God, look, He's merciful in the fact. 1 Corinthians 18, uh, 1 Corinthians 1, 18 to 31. 1 Corinthians, first chapter, 18 to 31. When we talk about uh, a forbearance. Look, 
God is merciful in what he's look, he could have by his own thought, he could have ended all this with Adam and Eve. Alright? He could have ended it. He gave them a perfect situation. He could have ended the right thing in this case. So that forbearance, that mercy in him holding back, and he's going to deal with sin. He's going to have to deal with sin. But that mercy in holding back, he can't miss that. And you can talk about the cross, but the mercy in the cross. Look, in our lives, in my life, in your life, you could have destroyed me out of me. There's no charge you can bring against God. That's why we can't get mad at Adam and Eve because we had an opportunity to do perfect. Right. Most of us messed up about the first four or five minutes, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'll read a little bit of that. Anybody have First Corinthians? Yes, sir. Just read a little bit of that. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and will bring to nothing the understanding of the truth. There is the wise, there is the strong, there is the disputing of this world. Has not God made foolishness the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom is not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of wisdom. Say again, that wisdom. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Green. So again, um, with all the knowledge that we have now, that we have before us, with everything that we know, all these universities and free education and mostly pockets in America, we are as far from God as possibly we've ever been. All the quote unquote wise folks that we have, all the knowledge. That's good for you. talks about that. But he's used this to confound, confound those that think they know it. Um, so, again, we will manufacture a false God. Look at this exchange. We exchange the glory of the true God for substitute gods. Alright, so we've got an understanding of God, but because we have uh, suppressed it and we really want to do our own thing, we substitute the, the almighty God for what? For his little bitty God, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. And change the glory of the incorruptible. God to an image made like a corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Mm -hmm. We exchange the glory for shame. We exchange the incorruption for the corruption. And we exchange the truth for lies. Mm -hmm. Think of that exchange. The first on the list of false gods is who? Genesis. That's us, right? Genesis 3 and 5. I'll flip to that real quick. Genesis 3 and 5. God knows that in the day you eat it, your eyes, who is this right here? That's a serpent, right? Mm -hmm. But God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Uh, Satan, of course, it was on their hearts. You can't, can't blame the Satan. Satan backed them right into that. Satan, y'all really look. You got an opportunity to be who God is. Go ahead and get that. He walked them right into it. Because Adam and Eve wanted to be what? They wanted to be God. Mm -hmm. That's what he's saying right here. This uh, The charge that he brings to the Gentile world is that you substitute, I substitute the perfect God, the righteous God, for these little God. Right? And it's easy for us to throw out, we talk about idolatry, and we're like, well, I ain't got a little statue, so I'm good. Mm -hmm. Anything that you have to have, anything that you have to lean on that's outside God, that's an idol. Right. Be it sex, be it pornography, be it money, be it a job, be it a title in church, anything that you have to have. Is outside God is an idol. Mm -hmm. All right, that's 
part of the exchange. That's part of the exchange right there. Alright? So now let's look, we've talked about the downfall again. We talked about ignorance. Uh, we talked about intelligence. Now let's talk about indulgence. Again, this is us going downhill. 24 through 27. <coughs> Therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worship and serve the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. For this reason, God gave them up to vow passion, for even their women exchanged the natural use for what is God, what is against nature. Likewise, also the men, even the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust for one another, men with men committing what is shameful and receiving themselves the penalty of their error, which is due. What we see right here is we see a short, a short step from idolatry to immorality, right? right. This is why I, I always say uh, we can't control sin. This is why you have to be careful thinking when you're like, just do a little bit of this and be all right. Mm -hmm. This, this uh, progression downhill shows that. Can't, we cannot play around with sin. Uh, the Bible talks about what? Fleeing from it. Mm -hmm. And there's a reason that you flee from it. You don't have anything within you to deal with that outside of Christ, outside of His Spirit. Mm -hmm. Alright? So we see right here a short step from idolatry to immorality. We were just worshiping, look, we were just worshiping a couple of birds. <laughs> we were just worshiping a, a couple of statues. Now we're getting ready to see. What that what that goes off into. Alright, now we're seeing the immorality of the world. If we are our own God, we set our own standard in no fear of judgment. Again, we're seeing the mind now being seared. And that's the danger of the mind being seared, a heart not being turned to God. Because now I set my own standard. If I set my own standard, then I I'm I'm good, right? Right. I'm good. So that's that's what we're that's what we're thinking. So we reach the climax of man versus God's truth. When man exchanges the truth of God for the lie and it totally abandons truth. Alright? This lie is that man is his own God and should worship himself. Alright? Satan has always wanted to worship that belongs to God. In idolatry, and where do you put this down? And I had to think about it. In idolatry, Satan is worshiped. So again, Genesis said what? You become God. Adam and Eve said, you know what, that's not a bad idea. Satan said the same thing to us. You become the God. And there can't be just one standard, can it? That's where our kids are at now. Right. Many of them. Because we told the line. But the, uh, the, the older church, there used to be some stuff that we talked about before, but there used to be some stuff they used to do. You, you're like, man, why are they so harsh on all things? And now we see it. Stuff that we thought was them going overboard. But it was them saying, you know what, we can't allow that evil to, to move at all. We've allowed that evil to move. And now we see we're in the world of position now where we literally have set our own standard even in the church. So in idolatry, Satan is worship. We see the results of self identification self-indulgence, then sin becomes rampant. Alright? But sin can get worse. Sin can get worse. We're going to be judged by sin. You know, little sin, big sin, it is what it is. But we see from a humankind perspective that it can get worse. All you have to do again is watch the trajectory of, of history. What we had in the 40s, you know, with with, uh, with uh, Hitler, World War One, that's that's human history getting worse, not better, right? So seeing seeing uh, becomes rampant the result of self deification. What's deification? That's me making myself God, right? And self indulgence is what? Indulgence means I get what I want. Yeah. Self indulgence means whatever that lust and all that comes. I have no guard. I have no parameters. Whatever I want, I, I, I want it, I get it. And I get as much as I can. And really, when you talk about our, our nation, it's built around that. Get whatever you can. Get it while you're alive. It doesn't matter who you hurt, 
no matter what you do, the end result is the most important thing. And that's contrary, that's contrary to the scripture. Because of sin, God gives them up and permits them to continue and reap the consequences. This is key. This is that turning over to a reprobated mind. We say it a lot in our church, but we need to make sure that we understand it. God eventually takes his hand toward the wrath. He takes his hand away and allows um, if we sit and see a long time. If we don't have the heart to turn to him, we need to be repentant in our heart. He takes his hand away. Mm-hmm. That's why I say all the time, you want, you want the Lord to live your life. You want that to happen. When you can start doing any old thing and you don't feel something, you better check yourself real quick. Mm-hmm. That's what we see right here. There's, there's so much in the sin. There's so much to watch. The Lord just says, okay, everybody, do what you want to do. And then the consequences of that sin become more real. We see that now. You know, that's going to look. There's some judgment on this end too. Look, okay. We're all we're all adults. Look, you've got some stuff out there. <coughs> if nothing else stops your age and all that, there's some stuff out there right look, there's some diseases right now that will keep you out of houses that are not your house. Amen. Amen. I'm dead serious. Amen. And every time you turn around, there's more stuff. You're like, how in the world? Sisters, the gonorrhea was enough. Now they got stuff that I can't even spell. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and you're just like, wow, what? And instead of that kind of moving us away from that, we're more into this for me. That's a that's a scared heart. Yes, sir. Which are not fitting, 
being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil, mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters of inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only to do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. The first part, when we're talking about some of that stuff, we were cheering. This list right here, it gets us. Yeah. You're in there, I'm in there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Some of that. Yeah, we're, we're in that. But now what we see, uh, we see now, instead of man again turning to God as a result of that judgment, he moves further and further away. And that's because of that abandonment. Hmm. That's why I say you don't ever, you don't ever want to get to the point where you don't have God's hand on Man did not even want to retain God in his mind. But some of, some of what we see today, uh, look, have you ever been in a situation where folks are literally, literally hostile? To, I mean, literally hostile. And I've got some folks that are dear to me, and, but, I mean, and, and I know it's something working on, but they'll get on, they'll get on social media, and they'll be like, I can't believe all these fake preachers out here, all these folks going to church. Where did that come from? You know, life is just be done with it. That's like me getting on there and saying, I just hate broccoli every day. You want to get on social media and say, I hate broccoli. I just don't eat broccoli. I've got, I've got some folks that, you know, and they're harsh to it. I'm sitting there saying, well, What's that? Spiritual. You know what I'm saying? 15 minutes out of your day, post that. But you don't go to church, you don't go to church. And it talks about this right here that, that abandonment. Mm -hmm. hostile. Now, keep in mind, we don't know hearts. We don't know who God's working on. That's why it's hard to always, to always move as if God's getting ready to touch their heart, right? Mm -hmm. We don't know who's going to turn for God. A depraved mind is one that cannot form righteous judgments. So think about that. 28, even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things. Which are not fitting. When you talk about wisdom, and, and, and many times you hear me pray that God get wisdom for this, and that's one reason why you talk about the wisdom. Look, there's some folks, there's some good folks with good, sacred hearts, but they try to have kind hearts. And I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, like, how do they make that decision? God's hand is off. It's, it's, it's impossible to make a wise decision. Is it possible? Look, there's some decisions that I've made uh, with, with God kind of steering me that if I would have done it based on everything else, on, on my schooling, on all of this, on all the advice I was getting from folks, I would have gone in a different direction. But with God's wisdom, moves you. So, so the, 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 the praying mind is totally closed off to wisdom. Mm -hmm. That's why you look up and you see some of these decisions folks make. But how in the world did he think he was going to get away with that? Or she was going to get away with that? No wisdom. No wisdom. But the prayer mind is when they cannot form righteous, right judgment. All 24 specific sins remain with us today. We've got a list right there. We can kind of look at um, um, some more of those sins. But all 24 remain today. Men not only committed these sins and opened the fights, but also encouraged others to do this also. All right? So again, we're seeing this fall. Who, in 32, who knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. But it's bad enough when I'm going to get my own best. But now I've got a, I've got a heart to bring other folks. So again, we see the fall. At first, we glorify God. Then we go to idols. Then we refuse to keep the knowledge of God in our hearts and minds. And then the highest of, we're the highest of creatures, right? But then we end it lower than the beasts and the insects because we worship them as gods. Mm -hmm. Imagine where we started and see where we're at now. And the verdict in 120 is what? 
without excuse. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes clearly are seen, being understood by the things that are made, even as eternal power and God did, so that they are without excuse. The Gentile world is without excuse, right? The Jewish world, he dealt with the Gentile world. That's all he dealt with the Jewish world. There's some question is the Paul addressing, is he addressing the moral Gentile, or is he addressing the Jew themselves? All right, theologians go back and forth. When it's all said and done, it applies to us today. Alright? The moral Gentile would be the one would be the Gentile that's that what? Preached on this Sunday. That would be the person, the Gentile, that's the non-Jew that said, you know what? Those sins you talked about, I don't worry about them. I don't have those sins. They don't, they don't deal with me like they deal with me. And so I'm superior. That's that moral Gentile. Alright? Of course, you know, the Jew, the, the, the argument with the Jew is what? Because I'm chosen. By God, yeah. judgment to me is going to be different than it is to you all. Mm-hmm. And Paul is getting ready to, to repeat that. Again, the Jews would have applied Paul's condemnation of the Gentiles in Romans 1 18 through 32. Uh, keep in mind that he referred to them as Gentile dogs. Mm-hmm. Paul uses this judgmental attitude to prove the guilt of the Jews. Again, this is a courtroom session. Paul is backing everybody right into the corner. They think that they're going to come out innocent. Paul said, well, keep on, keep on going. That's what a good lawyer does, right? You're just sitting there answering the questions on them, feeling real good, and then next thing you know, you just told them themselves. <laughs> they were practicing the same things that they condemned the Gentiles for, right? The Jews thought they were free from judgment because they were chosen. Paul points out that God's election made for more responsibility and accountability. God's judgment is according to truth. Listen to one to three real quick. Therefore, you are inexcusable, O man. That's really a Jewish term right there, O man. Whoever you are, whoever you are who judge, for whatever you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you who judge practice the same thing. But we know that the judgment of God is according to truth against those who practice such things. Alright? When we talked about Sunday, that even if, and again, a lot of them are raising their hands saying, well, I don't do I'm not a homosexual. But we talked about what? Even going uh, back to the Sermon on the Mount. You know, some, some folks are saying, well, you know, I don't cheat on my wife. But uh, Jesus in his teaching said that if you're even thinking about if you're even thinking about killing somebody, you're just as bad as being as guilty. Alright, so this right here, Paul is setting them up again. They raised their hand and said, well, you know what? I don't do that. And Paul said, well, you, are you sure? Mm-hmm. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. So, um, God's judgment again is according to truth, not different standards. The list in Romans 1, 29 through 32 finds us guilty of the least one. Mm-hmm. When we talk about sins of the flesh and the sins of the spirit, that's, that's what I refer to. 4 through 11. The blessings received God from God gave the Jews greater responsibility to obey and to glorify. Israel had received great material and spiritual witnesses, land, a righteous law, priesthood, providential care. God was patient with them, but yet we still see the, the, um, the Jewish nation, and even in a sense, even today, I'm still not turned. I'm turned to, to God because of sin. Mm-hmm. Not the judgment of God that leads men to repentance, but the goodness of God. And yet Israel did not repent. Mm-hmm. Or did you despise the riches of his goodness? This is for forbearance and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance. But in accordance with your hardness and your impotent heart, you are treasuring up for yourself wrath in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. Who will render to each one according to his deeds? Ten, but glory, honor, and peace to everyone who works what is good to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For there is no partiality with God. Keep in mind, Paul right here is not teaching salvation by character and good deeds. This is key. Alright? When he talks about you'll be judged by your deeds, you'll be judged by the truth, he's not talking about uh, salvation per se. Alright? You can't work your way to salvation, right? right? We're talking about Judgment Day. 
where we will be judged by what we've done in this country. That's going to be the crowns. Yeah, that's going to be the rewards. That's the crowns. But some of us, and, 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 and there was a preacher, I think he was Reverend Jones. I think it was Billy Jones from Nick and I think it was his father that preached better over in heaven. Now look, you in heaven, you in heaven. You ain't going to go break the plane. But truth be told, some of us are not going to have any. We're not going to have any jewels in Look, you can't, I heard my people say this one time, I'm stuck with it. You really can't expect that the, 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 the one who was on the cross that, that got in, in the end, that robber, you can't expect him to have the same uh, jewels that Paul, somebody like Paul. Mm -hmm. And we're not talking about salvation. We're talking about jewels, right? Some of us again are going to have this crown. And this crown is good. Don't leave here saying, well, I'm just going to have this crown. No, you won't, you won't get in. Yeah. You, you got to slide in. You won't get in. So Paul was outlining that God's judgment judges according to the deeds, just as he judges according to truth. All right? See the consistent action of the total impact of a person's life. Again, um, and they use, um, he does a great job because he, he picked, he shows David's life versus Judas' life. Alright, obviously Judas has some good stuff. But the total work shows that his, his heart was not to God. And even David, David has some rough times. But you take the total uh, sum of his life and it points point to him having a heart to God. Mm -hmm. Alright? So God's blessing 6 through 11. Uh, true saving faith results in obedience and godly living. When God measured the deeds of the Jews, he found them as wicked as the Gentiles. The fact Jews occasionally recognized festival deception did not change the fact that their lives were consistent with disobedience. God's blessings did not lead them to repentance. And all that God had got given them, it didn't lead them to repentance. Alright? Romans 2.11, that's what we just read, would have shocked many Jews. They felt they deserved special treatment. Paul points out that the Jewish law only made the guilt of Israel much greater. The Gentiles were not given the law and so would not be judged by the law. Gentiles had the work of the law written on their hearts. Let's kind of tackle that a little bit and we'll kind of get close. But when the Gentiles who did not have the law by nature do the things in the law, these, all, these, although not having the law, are a law to themselves, who show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience, also bearing witness to between themselves, their thoughts, accusing, or else excusing. Mm -hmm. Alright? That's, that's a whole lot. But let's, um, let's deal with, with the law now. Let's deal with uncircumcision and circumcision. Okay? The way that Paul really, he, he gives a nice analogy for this. You're going to have folks, if circumcision was what? That was a sign of, 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 of being of Abraham, right? But the thing with it, the physical circumcision did not make you a righteous person. It was a physical mark. But with that physical mark, it should have been something that took place in the heart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the circumcision of the heart. In fact, Deuteronomy, I think I, I quoted that in there, but Deuteronomy talks about that. talks about the circumcision of the heart. And so what Paul says, Paul's saying that there's folks that are circumcised who act like the uncircumcised, and there's people who are uncircumcised that act like the circumcised. And it has nothing to do with the physical, the physical part of circumcision. It's the circumcision of the heart. All right? And he's saying with the Gentiles who were not uh, exposed to the law, many of them uh, to, to, the, to the point that Creation and all that was revealed to them. They're more righteous than some of the Jews. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And so he actually says, you that were uncircumcised are more circumcised than those that are actually circumcised. Well, that, to chew on that, we'll come back and try to tackle that a little <laughs> bit uh, more. That's, but that's what that is right there. Okay? The Jews, again, felt like they were God's chosen. They're circumcised. We're going to walk right in there. Paul saying, no. The physical circumcision doesn't get you anything. 
Show a little pain. <laughs> Gentiles have the work of the law written on their hearts. Alright, so again, we're talking about now. We're made in God's image. We're talking about creation, how that speaks to all of us. Look, I don't care who, I don't care. Until the Lord pulls and abandons and puts you in that abandoned state, everybody knows what murder is wrong. Look at history. Every society dealt with murder in a certain, certain way. That's that imprint of the law. There's certain stuff that we adhere to. God has, has, has put that in us if we were part of creation. We're all made in His image, right? So there's an imprint of all of us. No matter how bad you are, there's an imprint. Okay? Um, all cultures, so the inner sense of right and wrong and inner judge, the Bible calls conscience, right? All cultures have a sense of fear of judgment and attempt to atone for sins. Jews grab the law and look down on the pagans who worship idols. Paul points out that the practice of the law, not the possession of it, makes the difference. If God finds a deprived Gentile gift guilty, how much more guilty would the privileged Jews be? Let me finish up the Jewish world and we'll just have to tackle the rest of this next week. Um, we're almost done. Um, an obedient Gentile with no circumcision versus a disobedient Jew with circumcision. That's 25 and 29. We already talked about that. But circumcision is indeed profitable if you keep the law. But if you are a breaker of the law, your circumcision has become uncircumcision. Therefore, the uncircumcised man keeps the righteous requirement of the law. Will not his uncircumcision be counted as circumcision? And will not the physical uncircumcised, if he fulfills the law, judge you, prove, even with your written code of circumcision, are transgressors of the law? So again, circumcision in a physical sense, if it's not, if you've not dealt with the heart issue, it makes no difference. That's what, that's what Paul is saying. All right? The important thing is to praise God and not to praise the king. So Paul, um, for the Jewish, the, the Jewish world, Paul's summation, the witnesses agreed and the Jews were found guilty before God. What advantage then has a Jew or what is the profit of circumcision? Much in every way. Chiefly because to them were committed the oracles of God as the Oracles in the sense of the Old Testament. Uh, for what if some do not believe? Will their unbelief make the faithfulness of God without effect? Certainly not indeed. Let God be true, but every man a liar, as it is written. They may be justified in the words, and they overcome when you are judged. So again, the witnesses agree that Jews were guilty before God. Paul refutes any of the arguments. The advantage to being a Jew. They had every advantage, especially the possession of the Word of God, the Word of God. Will Jewish unbelief cancel God's faithfulness? No, it's already established. And if our sin commences righteously, how does God judge us? So again, folks are saying, this is folks' argument. If God is glorified by messing up, then how can he fault me? Mm -hmm. That's what folks are saying. And so Paul is saying, uh, we do not do evil that good may come out of it. God judges the world. Alright? All are guilty, and Paul uses Old Testament references to see that. So we'll kind of walk through this, but that's some good stuff in that. We'll walk in that next week. Um, so we'll end that right there. Um, but, but, and we'll, that last part, I do want to kind of go through that. So I don't want to go through that. But the best thing we've got is we've got the introduction in the first part. Now, uh, what Paul did today is he presented the picture of what sin does to mankind. Again, keep in mind that we're in a courtroom situation, and Paul is bringing a case against us, really. All right? Okay, any questions? I can't, a few more minutes, I apologize. I'll try to do a better job with time so we can have um, questions next week. Any questions? I know I feel a lot at you. You get home and you think you can think of something, write it down, and we'll come back and tackle it next week. Okay? Was that?
say the book's wrong? Oh, Romans. You have Romans? It's a, that's a tough <laughs>